0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate
1: to make a difference today. You're on Reality Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Uh, Remember, you can send us a text 2057. Oh, and you'll want to send a text uh, after this interview. And email me inbox at rallycheck.radio. You will recall that we had Ashley Church on talking about uh, the Israel-Gaza conflict. He gave us a good account. He was very pro-Israel. And to explain to everyone where I was, I said I was 100% Israel. Listeners very politely kicked back, many of them, and said we needed to hear the other side. We've been working very hard to get someone, if you like, who sees it from the Palestinian people's view, and we're very lucky to have John Minto from the Palestinian Solidarity Network. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning, Rodney. Well, thank you for thank you for coming on because this this is an important issue and it's it's seizing us all for more so than say the ukraine war which is a place we don't understand but we all have a passionate view of the middle east and israel and 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 and, and Palis- the palestinian people as you know um i'm probably 180 degrees from you on everything um but that doesn't mean we can't learn from each other and understand each other better so i really appreciate you coming on mm. i'd like to start by asking you what is the Palestinian solidarity network of which you're the chairperson?
0: Well, it's a, as the name says, it's a network. So it's a network of groups around the country. So for example, um, in the, like last weekend, we had, I think um, 18 or 20 different groups that were taking some sort of action, holding vigils or marches or rallies in support of the people of Palestine and uh, calling for Palestinian human rights. Um, so yeah, it's a network uh, that links those those groups together. Um, yeah, and so it's an umbrella, g- an yeah. umbrella group. Yeah, more of an umbrella group. So each each um, individual group sort of is is, it, is its own autonomous body, if if you like.
1: Mm. Um,
0: but we have an umbrella that sort of, um, I guess, looks after the network and keeps it keeps us on the on the straight and narrow.
1: So presumably, like in all organisations, but particularly when you're a network with multiple organisations, there's a great diversity of views.
0: Oh, and in, inevitably there is, yeah. There's a, a diversity of views, but the, the common theme, of course, is that, you know, Palestinian people have lived um, the last 75 years, sort of booted off their land, and, um, uh, you know, uh, and, and for that time, um, you know, it, it's one of those things look, that's been a running sore for, for humanity ever, ever since. And until that is resolved, uh, we're not going to move move further forward.
1: I suspect you have been involved in this cause for a long, long time. I remember going to Can- University of Canterbury in 1975, starting there, mm. and there was an organisation to promote uh, the cause of the palestinian people i mm-hmm. imagine you have been involved back then and probably before
0: yeah probably uh, about that time about about the mid 1970s i would have been you know first got involved yeah do you believe there's been progress um i think there there is progress that's happened probably within the last 10 years uh, last 15 years it's it's a, it's a, been a gradual slow progress but people in the west us uh, coming to understand exactly what the nature of the conflict is because up until then I mean when I grew up in the, in the 60s and what have you I mean we were um I mean for the last 50 years of I mean of 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 my life it's always been uh, Middle East has always been like like a backdrop a kind of wallpaper in our lives and it's always about conflict and fighting and terror and you know sweat and (laughs) sand and what have you and i think we've all just um most people have just sort of turned off from it and think oh god they're all they're at each other's throats they are always fighting it'll never be sorted Um, and that was because we didn't understand what the conflict was was about but i think there's a in the last 15 years probably a much greater understanding in Western countries about the nature of the of the conflict and therefore much greater support for 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 Palestine so we're on on that trajectory now which is really good
1: I want to get down to Pacifics but first a a question about philosophy because this is a difficult one and I imagine you struggle with this how do you separate out the cause from being anti Semitic, because that's a term that can almost, it's like being called racist. It's mm. a term that can shut down the debate. And so here you are saying, you know, human rights for Palestinian, are oh, you mm. anti Semitic? Mm. How do you distinguish and ensure that you're not anti Semitic? I'm not trying to uh, insult yeah, you, but no. it seems to me to be an no. important point.
0: Oh, it's a very important point, and um, uh, we we make that uh, that distinction absolutely. And I think the people who don't make that distinction are the the pro-Israel lobby here and and around the world and in the Israeli government, because they use this false smears of anti-Semitism as a way of shutting down debate. Mm. One of the things Israel um, or the pro-Israel lobby do is they, they're not interested in what the general public thinks about this issue. They are solely interested in pressuring political leaders, politicians, people who have the ability to make decisions that will that will change policy. So they don't care what, um, what you and I think, Rodney, they, but they care about what politicians say and about um, what decision makers are thinking. And so they use these false smears of anti-Semitism to shut down debate. They don't want Israel being debated because they know that when it's out there in the public, when it's being debated, as it is at the moment, that that they don't have a leg to stand on, that people will will, will side with Palestinians as a kind of a, a gut feeling um, and and gradually much more than a gut feeling. It's a clear understanding of what's actually going on.
1: Do you see a place for Israel?
0: Um, yes, but not as a racist state, because Israel is a racist state. It's it's an apartheid state. So that um, uh, in the last um, half dozen years, every major human rights organization around the world has identified Israel as an apartheid state. So, for example, B'Tselem, which is the largest and most respected human rights organization in Israel itself, says that Israel is what they describe as a regime of Jewish supremacy from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, this is apartheid. That's that's what they're saying. So that in that in the whole area of historic Palestine, which Israel now occupies, so it's it's got an occupation army right across the entire area of historic Palestine. Every Palestinian living between the river and the sea is discriminated against by by racist policies by the by the Israeli government and. Uh, Israel does not have or the Israeli leadership does not see a future for Palestinians at all in
1: Palestine.
0: Um, they...
1: when you when you when you say the place Palestine, yep. it doesn't at this moment exist. So we've got Israel, we've got the West Bank, we've got hmm. the Gaza Strip, we've got the surrounding countries. Hmm. If we're thinking about your phrase Palestine, what what does that encompass?
0: Well, it encompasses um, historic Palestine. Right. If you talk to right. Palestinians, they'll say Palestine has always been there. Palestine has always been that land between the river and the sea, and that um, they are happy to live in a country um, which is a secular state. That is, um, I should say, most Palestinians are happy to live in a country which is a secular state where everybody has equal rights covering that entire area. Okay, so. You know, some of the the first proposals from Palestinians to resolve um, this situation was to propose that have a single secular state where you have a where you have a constitution which protects the religious and uh, religious minorities, ethnic minorities, no matter who they are. You simply give everybody equal rights, and you. Um, Allow people to get on with their lives, and that's the solution that came about in South Africa, and I think it's the it's the only solution which really offers um, justice and peace in, so, in the long term.
1: So you have a state that's from the river to the sea.
0: Yep.
1: You have Jewish people and Palestinian people and yep. uh, others, obviously, because yep. there's others there now. Arab people, yep. and they live there under the rule of law. Yes, and What you're saying at the moment is if I am living in the Gaza Strip or the West Bank, Hmm. sure, I might get permission to go and work in Israel and travel Hmm. across through the border, but um, I'm a a guest worker.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Of those people, of the Palestinian people, there are Palestinian people and other Arabs. Correct me where I go wrong, John. Mm-hmm. who didn't leave Israel when it was formed mm-hmm. and they're living in Israel now they are Israeli citizens as I understand it
0: yes they are Palestinian citizens of Israel yep
1: and do they do they they have basically the full rights of citizenship
0: no they don't that's where okay. people um, Israel says they um well Israel People who, um, what I would call the pro-Israel lobby, says, yes, they do, they have they have the right to do this, this, and this, and they can vote and what have you, and that's true. About 20% of the citizens of Israel are Palestinian. But um, Israel has a whole myriad of laws, about 65 different laws, which discriminate against them. Um, for example, um, Palestinians are not required to... In fact, not not encouraged in any case to um, to join the Israeli military, um, and, and then if you don't do your military service, there's a whole lot of things that you miss out on um, in terms of your um, you know uh, I don't know um, sort of. Um, I guess rights of citizenship, which would which would which would apply in most countries, don't apply to um, to Palestinians uh, living in Israel. the 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 um Israel Israeli government um, three years ago passed a thing called the Nation State Law, which said that the only group that can have self determination in Israel are Jews no one else can have self-determination in Israel. So in other words, they were turning their back on the 20% of their own population who are Palestinian. And uh, Netanyahu, the, the current Prime Minister, he said that Israel is not a state for all its people. Sorry, not a state for all its citizens. In other words, there are two classes of citizens. There are Jewish citizens, and there are Palestinian citizens. And there are a whole range of laws which discriminate against um uh or in in favor of jews and against palestinians so so it's not um a situation it's not a democratic country at all because you've they got two,
1: tier system they, they get to vote but you're saying because they're excluded from some things there are consequences to that like yeah um lots of consequences yeah. funny enough um I, I can sort of understand you look at uh, the Jewish Israelis looking sideways at Palestinians and their army because they potentially have a divided loyalty.
0: Well, uh, well, that's um, you, yes, you you could certainly say that, um, but uh, it, it's not just that. I shouldn't perhaps have emphasised that so much. Okay. It, it's a whole it's a whole structure which um, which discriminates against them. Like, for example, in in education. Um, the amount of money that goes towards educating Jewish children is is um, much greater than that which the state gives for educating Palestinian children. Um, the healthcare healthcare systems, for example, are the same. So they have, um, you know, uh, like local bodies. Um, there'll be Jewish local bodies and Palestinian local bodies, and the Jewish local bodies get far better um, resources, um, far better. Um, access to state sort of funding than Palestinians do. It's a very deeply racist state.
1: If you hop across to Gaza mm-hmm. and its current government, mm-hmm. are you a supporter of that?
0: Am I a supporter of
1: the, of the, the government? Ga- like yeah Hamas? Well, they haven't had –
0: I mean, it's not my job to to decide who represents Palestinians, but there was a democratic election held there in 2006, and and Hamas won. And I can understand Hamas winning because Palestinians had tried everything, and the Palestinian Authority, which was nominally to represent Palestinians, um, has simply become what they call a security contractor for Israel. So through the Oslo Accords, the Palestinian Authority had the role – of suppressing palestinian dissent and so it's seen as a as a deeply corrupt um dreadful leadership and palestinians want elections they've been they've been desperate to have elections for years but they haven't had elections for 17 18 years now and um, they want elections right so there should be elections but um israel doesn't want the elections the us doesn't want elections um, and the Palestinian Authority doesn't want elections because they know they get booted out. But the um so there's this kind of um kind of uh, cabal working against the democratic voices of the Palestinian people.
1: So you distinguish, if you like, the Gaza Strip governing body mm-hmm. from the Palestinian people. yep, you're saying that, the Palestinian people don't get to vote now. They got to vote. They voted Hamas in. They were democratically elected. Mm-hmm. Elections have been suspended, and you're saying implicated in that suspension of their elections is the Israelis and the Americans, as well, of course, as Hamas. Because if you're in power, you don't want elections. You quite like it.
0: Well, no, Hamas and, has been um, have have been. Um, Have been quite happy about having elections. It's a Palestinian authority which is based in the West Bank, which doesn't want elections.
1: Okay. So Hamas wants elections.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And when we see pictures of um, dreadful things happening in the Gaza Strip, and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking here of uh, informers being summarily executed. Mm or suspected informers um, in absence of the rule of law, um homosexuals being discriminated against if not killed, mm-hmm. is that how do you I mean my my point about this is you're saying, oh well, there's this Israel's not perfect, but I hop across to the Gaza Strip and when I see that and you and I are both relying on reports which we are skeptical of. Mm-hmm. When I see reports of the Gaza Strip, it sounds a dreadful place in terms of the world. Oh,
0: I think um, you know, inevitably you um I think in the circumstances, the Gaza Strip probably works um works much better than you might expect it to. But really it's I think those are a distraction from the overall problem. I mean, of course, within Palestinian society, just as just as within any society in the world, of course, there are differences of 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 opinion about things like homosexual law reform or gay rights or what what have you. Um, there's no question of that. But I think um the um that shouldn't um those debates are not central to what what we're talking about here. We're talking about um, a situation. I mean just going back to what, what we were saying before about the Palestinians um um uh sort of having rights within Israel, and yes, 20% of Israeli citizens are Palestinian citizens of Israel, and those people were people who, um, who were not ethnically cleansed in 1948. But the people living in Gaza are people that came from central and southern Israel, in about 400 different villages in that area, and in 1948, well, between 1947 and 1949, they were ethnically cleansed from those from those areas in what is today Israel, and pushed. They were pushed um, uh, westwards into Gaza, and they were pushed eastwards into what's now um, the West Bank of um, on the you know, West Bank of, of the Jordan River. So. So this vast area was ethnically cleansed, and that was done by Jewish militias. Right? These were these were heavily armed Jewish militias. This was before the formation of the Israeli Defence Force. In fact, before Israel was formed, uh, these militias went round and they they terrorised the Palestinian population, and they simply drove them off their land. There were lots of massacres. It's, it's all very well detailed. This this history um, about four 400- hundred.
1: And sorry, the twenty percent that remained, John. Yeah, were they different, or did they resist? How come? No, they
0: were 20%? just in a different, a different part of Israel. They were up, okay. up to the up in the more northern part of Israel. And to be frank, um, and by the time uh, the world world attention, when world attention came on to Israel to to to. Um, and people became aware of what was going on, the Western world, suddenly pressure came on Israel. You can't do this. You can't drive people off their land. And, of course, this is why um, in the middle of 1948, after Israel got halfway through this massive ethnic cleansing operation, it was over 700,000 people were driven off their land um, and just, just herded. I mean, going on these long what they what they call death marches from their village with all they could carry anything they could carry and forced to walk um across uh into Gaza and across into on the other side into the west bank of the of the jordan so those um you know those palestinians i mean 80% of the pa- palestinians in gaza now 80% of them are, are just uh are the um not so many um not not many are alive now from the who were originally ethnically cleansed, but all their descendants. So 80% of the people in Gaza are refugees from, um, from the land that they had in Israel. And so families in Gaza, you can walk to the security fence. Don't get too close to it. You'll, you'll be shot. You can walk to the security fence and you can look across and they can see, the very often they can see the land that their village was on, they can see the local geographic features. But Israel says you will never be able to return to your land. And so when, when the world realized there was this ethnic cleansing going on, the world said, um, and when I say the world, I mean the United Nations said in 1949, Israel, you must allow these people to return to their land, in, um, their land and their homes. And um, New Zealand supported that back in 1949. But since 1949 up to the present day, um, Israel is refusing to allow those people to return to their land, and that is the heart of the problem. So these people in Gaza, this little um, 2.3 million people in this little pressure cooker, um, they're held there with um, by Israel on the one hand and and Egypt on the other. And Egypt, as people may not know, um, Israel is by far the greatest recipient of US aid. And I think Israel, the last time I looked at the figures, Israel was the second largest.
1: Egypt. Uh, Egypt. Sorry,
0: Egypt, Egypt, beg your pardon, Egypt. So so um, Egypt's under pressure from the U.S. and Israel to maintain this this blockade at their end, while Israel maintains it at, on its side. So these so people, was, all these refugees, just jammed in there.
1: So it was 700,000 pushed yep. into the Gaza Strip, and others were pushed into the West Bank.
0: Yeah, well, seven hundred thousand split between the between okay. Gaza and 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 the West Bank. Yep. So, because Israel wanted to create um, a, a, a majority Jewish state, right? Yes. And at the time, it didn't have a majority in the whole area of historic Palestine by any means, but they wanted a majority um, Jewish state. So they. And there's
1: now two point three million in the Gaza Strip.
0: Yep, two point three million. Yep.
1: So has that been natural population growth, or have there been more refugees from elsewhere?
0: Um, no uh, population growth. Yeah, there's not not many not many refugees coming and going. Very difficult for Palestinians to get in and out of Gaza um, at all. Um, so yeah, ma- it's mainly population growth. Yeah. Before uh,
1: 1947, uh, it was a British colony, correct?
0: Well, it was a British, the British mandate, um, mandate after the after the First World War. I mean, New Zealand soldiers were there working with the British um, in the Middle East, helping to um, drive the Turks out because at that time, um,
1: it was the Ottoman Empire.
0: It was Ottoman Empire, and um, which they used to call the sick old man of Europe, and it was uh, it was unable to defend its borders, and so. And uh, General Allenby, they with New Zealand troops, they came in and they pushed um, the uh, pushed the Turks out and took over um, the area. And then the League of Nations gave Britain the the mandate to look after the area. And uh, across the whole of um, all of those uh, Arab countries, in the following years after the First World War, they all gained independence, except. Palestine. Palestine was never granted independence. So you had, you know, you had Lebanon and Syria and Jordan and what have you, all those countries um, gained independence, but Palestine, no, because Britain said, we want to have, we want to promote um, a Western state in the area. They didn't use these words, but they wanted a Western state in the area because, Rodney, you remember at that time, the whole world was shifting from coal to oil and, and that Arab countries had the oil, and the Western countries did not have a foothold in the Middle East, and they wanted one, and so they promoted the idea of this um, of a of a of a Jewish state, which would be a client state in the Middle East, which would help to protect uh, Western interests in in the oil of the area.
1: The Palestinians, that area, Israel, Gaza Strip, West Bank. Mm-hmm has always been occupied by some crowd or another.
0: It has, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, And the Ottomans for a long time, Alexander the Great, the Romans, you name it, they all went through there and occupied it. Yep, absolutely. The Palestinians, is it, they, funnily enough, have never really been in charge of their own destiny or had their own country. They've sort of been the gypsies or the Jews, uh, they're always under uh, some sort of colonial authority. So while it was called uh Palestine, it was under the British. Like,
0: well, it was under the British, then it's always been called Palestine. You can go back um 4,000 years and you can find the word, um, the word, um uh you know, I can't say it's it in Arabic but um Arabic word for 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 Palestine it was that it was an easy well I guess it was um it was a it was a geographic area between the river and the sea and it was always called Palestine versions of that going back thousands of years mm. but but you're uh, right that mixture they're a real mixture of people and Quite proud of that. They've got they've got all these different heritages because, of course, the crusaders went in there. Yes, um, everyone's Europeans been there. there. Thousand, well, everyone
1: was there. Yeah. It's the cradle of civilization. And mm. sadly, civilization is a messy place. <laughs> and well, there's been yeah. a lot of violence.
0: Well, there has been, but but you know, um, I think um with the advent of um you know what we like to call the international rules based order it's come about in the last century you know the development of international law the 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 development of the of the league of nations then the united nations we start to develop a, we start to develop this sort of rules based system um and and what israel's done goes you know diametrically opposed to the development of this rules-based system and so, so we this, and you know it's like a little anathema in the in the Middle yeah. East there
1: so you're not keen correct me again if I'm wrong you're not keen on a two-state solution. what you're saying is there should be a state from the river to the sea mm-hmm. but it includes the Jewish people mm. and the Palestinian people side by side.
0: Yep, absolutely. Firstly, I'd say, um, you know, Jewish people have lived in the area for, you know, for thousands of years. I mean, Jesus Christ was Jewish, right, from a Jewish community living in Palestine. And um, and up until, right, up until sort of the 1920s, those um, Jewish communities were very small, maybe 5% of the population overall, in some areas, maybe 10% so those jewish people living there, they can claim to be indigenous people in fact they would um in 1940s they referred to themselves as palestinians in other words palestinian was a sort of like a like a generic term for all of the people living in the in that area um and and to be, and the jewish people living in you know who who lived there for for thousands of years did not want a jewish state they were quite happy to be. They'd lived alongside Arabs and Christians for forever, and they were quite happy to to continue to do that. So um, they they weren't the driving. The driving force came from from European Jews who were quite rightly desperately upset at the appalling anti-Semitism that went on in Europe. And um, the great irony of all of this, um, Rodney, is that uh, Palestinians today are being asked to pay the price for European anti-Semitism because it was, it was the European powers. I mean, in Russia, for example, un- under the czars, it was appalling—the uh, pogroms against Jews there. So they they were driven out. And and again, another irony is that when when Jews were persecuted in Europe, so for example, in 1492, when the um, when the uh, uh, the, the Christians took over Spain and drove out the, drove out the Moors. Um, then the, um, the, the Christians began persecuting Jews and Jews fled and they fled to Morocco, places like Morocco, they yeah. fled to the Arab world. Quite often the Arab world is the place where they have found sanctuary, where they've been able to practice their culture and religion without interference, um, but Israel now says, "Oh no, the whole world's against us. The Arabs hate us. They hate Israel." That's absolutely untrue, completely untrue. Um, there was uh, a backlash against Jews in the in the Arab world when they began when Israel said we're acting on behalf of Jews internationally and we're taking over this area for Jews and booting the Palestinians off their land. And yeah, the, the um, Arab armies got really angry, and and they did. Uh, declare war on on Israel just just as as it was forming for that reason.
1: So a solution could be for you. Yep. Again, I don't want to put words into your mouth. I'm just trying to clarify my own thinking. Would be first of all for Israel to give full equal citizenship, including entering the military and the privileges that attach having done military service, mm. to all Palestinians living within Israel. Number one, so you mm-hmm. end uh, the discrimination. Second, to tear down the wall between the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, and integrate the people living there mm-hmm. within the state, and to hold equal citizenship and democratic elections in a parliament.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yep, and I think I think that's probably. Um, that's increasingly, that is the majority view among Palestinians. And um, I'm pleased to say that among Jewish Israelis, there's quite a there's quite strong support for that. I saw a poll um, a few years back. I mean, it may have changed in the meantime. I'm um, saying 25% of Jewish Israelis would be very happy to live in a secular state where everybody has equal rights.
1: Would the Jews still be the majority?
0: No, they, they'd probably be... Um, no, no, they wouldn't be. If, if the if the refugees return um, to their land, um, their Jews would not be a majority, but they would be a substantial. They'd still be probably forty um, percent of the of the population.
1: You can see their concern given recent history.
0: Well, you know, I don't think um, I think what you're talking about is a European history, um, but a history in the Arab world um, doesn't look like that, that at all. Um, you know, as I say before, and right across the Arab world, um, you know, Jews were given sanctuary um, when they were they were persecuted in 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 Europe, and um, yeah, that's the, that's the
1: history of it. Okay, take us to um,
0: the sorry. I mean, yeah, so, so if I uh, can I just um, say this that I think people often say to me, you know, they, they roll their eyes and say, "How the hell these people been fighting each other for 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 decades, vicious violence." How could they possibly live together? And I would say that um, you've got examples around the world of that very thing happening. I mean, South Africa is a is an example of that, where you haven't, you know, where people said um, the white minority there, Eugene Terre Blanc and all them, they will, they will, they will never accept um, majority black rule, uh, but they have, and yeah, I mean. There's a whole other issue about what South Africa's done or not done and the fact that it's in such a such a mess in so many ways now, which um I'm I'm extremely critical of of what's happened in, in in South Africa. But those enmities can be overcome. You know, South Africa had that truth and reconciliation commission which which Bishop Tutu um presided over. So I'm not saying everything would be would be um you know honey and roses. It would be it would take it will take quite a while for that, um, but 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 a much shorter time than we might expect for those. I mean, already, Rodney, twenty percent of Israeli citizens are, are Palestinian, right? And there is, and they, you know, yeah, of course, there are tensions. There are big tensions there because of the whole, the whole situation in in the Middle East. Um, but those things can be can be resolved and, and overcome.
1: The Arab states, that as I see it, aren't, I mean, they're pretty religiously hardcore with a couple of notable exceptions, hardcore and intolerant of what we might call Western liberal views. Now, I'm not going to say. They should change, right? I don't mind how they live, as long as they, you know, don't trouble me. But they're not places that I would want to raise my sons and daughters. I don't like I wouldn't like to live, for example, under a caliphate. Yeah. Of course. I like I like a Western democracy uh that is that is a secular state, mm-hmm. but the Arab world tends to favour as I see it, a uh, religious bigoted, if I may use uh, some florid language, intolerant state.
0: Yeah, I, 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 um, I challenge, um, uh, I challenge what what you're saying there in yes. general. First of all, I think the um, the Arab the people living in Arab countries. They are not democracies, they are autocracies, right? And they're often religious autocracies. So people don't have those democratic freedoms, and they want them. You know, look what happened in the Arab Spring, when right across the Arab world people revolted against their governments. They wanted democracy. They wanted the chance to to have, um, you know, liberation in that sense. They wanted they wanted freedom. They want freedom of speech. They want freedom to live their own lives. They want, yeah, they want the um you know women um in general want greater freedoms. But their rulers are these um yeah autocrats that are backed up by and, and and very often as you say they use the religious system to to as one aspect of them keeping control of the Arab populations. So I think um we need to encourage democracy in all of those countries and um and, and work with um you know and, and work in solidarity with people who are striving for for democracy there unfortunately
1: it good, it, sorry
0: yeah i was just going to say unfortunately um the western world has not been good at this uh rodney they have not been good at promoting democracy um america will support any regime in the world, provided it is working in American interests. America doesn't want to promote democracy anywhere, it wants to promote its own interests, so America's been backing up these most appalling regimes. Um, And I I single out America because America has this enormous global reach, it's got, what, 900 military bases around the world it is it wants you know it sets itself up and says we uh, want full spectrum dominance we want to dominate the globe politically culturally economically um we 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 want that domination and they they and anyone who goes along with that is a friend and therefore is a is an ally no matter what, no matter what kind of dictator they are and um i think we need to You know, we need to support democracy in the Middle East rather than support American interests
1: in the Middle East. The um, origins of this then, in your mind, date first with the British as Mm. a dying colonial power. Yep. And now with America as a colonial power and empire reaching Mm. around the world, promoting its interests. Mm. Would we not start? On the Gaza Strip with democracy?
0: Oh, absolutely. Why not? You know, I mean, I mean, I, I think um, oh, it's very
1: hard. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question. Um, but yeah, why not? Um, I tell you why. Um, and I'm just, it's look, I'm shockingly ignorant, John, and I, um, of the whole history. And of course, even someone who's steeped in it only got a partial view of it because it's deep but if, if Chloe Swarbrook was calling out instead of from the river to the sea, if she was calling out democracy for Gaza strip, I'd be a hundred percent in support.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I think you can't, um, you can't isolate one little area like that though. And say, um, you know that le- le- let's get democracy in the Gaza Strip first. That's that's not what the problem is, um, and it wouldn't matter what um, Chloe Swarbrick was was chanting. The the pro Israel lobby would find some way of labelling what she says or what she does anti Semitic because that
1: is what they do, Rodney. And that well, is maybe, the- but um, what no, I'm what I'm saying. It's, it's no, just- no, no, no. That's them. I'm talking about me. Um, because- oh, yeah. Brilliant. You know, well why wouldn't saying, you want why wouldn't you want to promote democracy across the whole area, Rodney? Why not
0: across the whole area?
1: Of course. And I'd I'd promote um full citizenship for everyone. And I mean I'm going yeah. to be making a study of this myself of Israel. Yeah. But my, my my point is I'm just looking at it from I look at this Gaza Strip and its governance governance. And it's appalling to me oh yeah I I, well
0: I think um let's cut to the chase no 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 no, no, that's fine I I accept that I accept that so so I
1: mean what you're saying is there's a reason for this because it's years of oppression and trauma
0: Yeah, yeah and when people are under when people are under great stress and trauma they go for they they they'll vote for it for extreme for for extremes. If I gave you, if I, if I looked at this, um, perhaps I'm not sure. Uh, like like for for example, if New Zealand was invaded and we were all living under under a military occupation from some other country, who would be the people in New Zealand who would lead a guerrilla army against those? Oh, invaders? the
1: worst the worst people in New be? Zealand.
0: Well, there you are. Now I, no, I, could, I agree I, with you. I could probably name a few who would be. So yeah. So they would be uh, they would they would they would become the people that 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 New Zealanders would unite behind. The worst
1: the and worst so the
0: world would say, What are you uniting behind those people? They're XYZ. But in fact, people under under pressure and under stress, they vote for the, the best option they can see in front of them at the moment.
1: Let's go to October seventh, because <laughs> obviously in one sense, this stretches back 75 years. In another mm-hmm. sense, it stretches back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we're having this immediate discussion is October 7th and the response. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this didn't occur without a context and mm-hmm. a history. But what, to your mind, happened on October the 7th? What do you understand happened?
0: Well, I mean... Palestinians, um, under international law, have a right to fight for their freedom. They're living under military occupation.
1: Um, they how, how are they just pick that up? They're living under military occupation because hmm. the Israeli army are based there?
0: Because the Israeli army have created a siege of Gaza. The Israeli army were inside Gaza up until 2006. Yes. And then, um, and then Israel withdrew, withdrew it, withdrew its forces but then created this um, the siege, right So by the from the from the sea, from the land, from the air, nothing gets in and out of Gaza without Israel say so. and under international law that means Israel uh, that means the Gaza Strip is occupied right So we talk about the occupied Gaza Strip or the United Nations talks about the occupied Gaza Strip. Yeah, so uh, so was, so Palestinians have a right to fight, they have a right to armed struggle. Because they are living under military occupation, just the same as the, the French resistance had the right to armed struggle against German occupation of their country, or the Ukrainians have a right to armed struggle against the uh, Russian occupation of their country. Palestinians have a right to armed struggle against the occupiers of their country.
1: So, just, siege, a- just to pick up the siege bit, as yep. I understand it, something like 30,000 Palestinians were coming through to work in Israel. Mm hmm. And as I understand it, there was a movement of goods and services, and a lot of UN aid going into the Gaza Strip. But the Israelis were checking to see that weapons weren't going in. Is it more than that? I mean, do they deny food, water?
0: Oh, they've I mean, they they have they've kept a, a, the most incredibly tight control over Gaza for a long time. They've. Hmm in terms of the food they allow and they they've allowed they allow a specific calorie intake for the people of gaza right so that um and that this goes this goes back 17 years so the trucks going in um you know the uh they, they try and keep a keep a tight control on, on what comes in but of course stuff does get in um m- you know missiles and arms get in through um through tunnels and um and and then every now and again Israel does what they call mowing the lawn, right? Mowing the lawn means you go in and you 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 invade Gaza and you you kill as many of the of the potential leaders of the Palestinian people as you can and you you create I mean this is the fifth, I think the fifth war in Gaza in the last seventeen years, um and and sort of try and decapitate the leadership, um destroy. Um, civilian infrastructure across the board. I mean, Israel's come in. I think fifty percent of all of the housing is now completely destroyed, and in, in certainly in northern Gaza. And they're working their way through the whole Gaza Strip. And it, I mean, we're talking about electricity, water supplies, um, sewage systems, all the stuff that you and I would take for granted that a that a you know a decent society would have for its people. They deliberately destroy the whole lot. But if you
1: go go back to this point about this siege, even if there wasn't a siege, you wouldn't find that acceptable because you're saying the Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip have a right to go home. Yeah, absolutely. So the siege in itself, um, you're saying absent the siege, um absent having full rights of living right across from the river to the sea, mm-hmm. these people have a right to fight.
0: They absolutely have a right to fight, under international law, yeah. like I so, said. You
1: know, so, what, so what you're saying is, come October the 7th, not only were they denied to go, quote, home, mm-hmm. they are in this place where they don't want to be, and they're mm-hmm. confined and under a siege as you see it and therefore they have a right to attack and that's what october the 7th was
0: that was what that was what yeah that that at, at its heart that is that is what it was i think um i i just perhaps we should cut to the chase here um rodney and say that it was it's obvious that on october the 7th there were war crimes committed um against mm-hmm. the civilians right war crimes and um so Attacking civilians, killing civilians, taking civilians hostage, those are all war crimes under the Fourth Geneva Convention and they should be condemned. And not only condemned, we need an international criminal court investigation into those war crimes. In fact, all the war crimes that have been committed over the last um, eight weeks. We need need—we need that ICC investigation. I just saw in the newspaper today that, that um, in terms of the... Um, in terms of the invasion of ukraine by russia last year they've got the the very first case has now been put to court well apart from putin um, vladimir putin has an arrest warrant against him for um displacement of ukrainian children right and um and uh, you know during the during the early stages of the invasion of 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 ukraine and now another four people i think four russian soldiers have been indicted or have had arrest warrants issued for them for the torture of an american citizen in ukraine and i'm saying that's a good thing right that we have there is an international process for deciding these things and i think the icc should be um well that they've they've been um They've begun the process, but it's far too slow. They need to investigate the war crimes that are being that have been committed on both sides in the last six mm. weeks, and that includes the crime of apartheid because that's a crime under international law, and the crime of genocide. And I know that word genocide. The Western media have been have been trying not to use the word genocide because they feel it it will ramp up um, ramp up tensions, and maybe those tensions might. Um, um, sort of show themselves up in in destabilizing their own countries. But the fact is that genocide um, is what has been occurring. When you you carpet bomb densely populated areas, it's inevitable that you're going to have massive civilian casualties. And right now, or up until the present day, um, the equivalent of all of the children In 24 average New Zealand primary schools have been killed by Israeli bombing. And that is 6,600 children. That is absolutely outrageous. And the world has, and New Zealand, has not condemned that. And I think we should. And I think, so what I'm saying is to put the broader picture in, there were war crimes committed on October the 7th and on every day since. And those war crimes must be investigated by the International Criminal Court and the any um, any Hamas fighters, any of the Palestinian resistance, um, they should be held to account for their war crimes against um, Israeli civilians. And the Israeli military commanders must be held to account for their orders when they told their their Israeli pilots. the The emphasis is on damage, not on accuracy. They need to be held to account for. Well, I'm for very, the, I'm very,
1: the, I'm very pleased to hear this, John. And um, and I'm not trying to in your pocket because um i concur with it right and it's good good to see that you're not trying to explain away justify or deny what we saw Mm -hmm. funnily enough i don't even believe videos now You know what I mean? It's so. I do know what
0: you mean. Well, there are so many videos which are, which are, I mean, videos that are pulled out from one conflict and then used to ramp up. uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: I'm so pleased to hear you saying, look, they can fight, um, but they have to fight uh, under the rules. And what we saw sickened the world and yep. um i'm pleased to see that you're not resiling from the need for, no. even though even though funnily enough you might be able to understand it or whatever it's mm. it's it, and and same for both of, the difficulty is this though isn't it when you have a hot conflict like this it's not a time to fly in judges
0: Oh, I'm not sure. I think it's probably the very time for the judges. Really? To get because how? Yes, because no, because because Rodney, that that's what we did in U- Ukraine. The ICC got involved immediately. Wow. They were. Didn't they, they just
1: got, get killed?
0: No, within that. Well, well, they didn't. They didn't actually go in um, as you know physically like that. What they did, they began collecting evidence. Mm. So from from Ukrainian Ukrainian refugees from um, international news reports, from, um, you know, from, there's a whole pile of information which is available. They were able to immediately begin work, and the ICC- And that's not happening here? No, no, it's not. Well, well, it's it's begun to happen very, very slowly. It should, should have happened on day one, because as soon as you get the ICC involved like this, that then Israel knows, everyone knows, the eyes of the world are on here, and my God, I better be careful what I do. But there's been no restraint whatever placed on these Israeli military commanders. And we've had the most appalling atrocities happen. The bombing of schools, the bombing of um of uh of mosques, of community centers, you know, with, with you know success. How, how I,
1: I again I'd be interested in this and it's a genuine question. We had the so we had the bombing of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And like everyone, I was shocked. Right. Mm. Then it came out, and I don't know what to believe, right? Because then it came out, oh, no, that was a, a missile fired, filed. Yeah, yeah I know. Then what, it landed in the need? car park. And, like, I look at this, and then I hear, oh, thousands of this, thousands of this. And I agree with you. If you had someone there who we trusted, maybe the ICC, who yep. was sifting through this, Yep. because right now, I don't believe either side.
0: Oh, I think there's a there. There are. I mean, I, I don't want to get involved in the in discussion of that of what happened there. I think I know because I've 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 read I've read quite quite a yes. quite 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 a, quite a bit about it. But well, but I don't want to get even, into a discussion because
1: even, I don't know. No,
0: that's your point. So so um, you know, we we've all got our yeah our, our, our suspicions. Right, that's fine. But but it's not just that hospital. Um, every hospital in Gaza. And uh, they tell, I mean, uh, I'm, you know, what the message Israel wants to give Palestinians is that no matter where you are, you are not going to be safe because the Israeli um, intelligence services have come up with a plan and their plan is to get rid of all of the Palestinians from Gaza, right? So that's not. it's not an official plan of the Israeli government at the moment. But it is a it is a plan that was developed by the intelligence services, and 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 the plan is out there in the in the media now, and the plan is to push all of the Palestinians um, south to Rafa, and then through the border into the Sinai Desert, and the Americans um, have approved that seventeen billion dollar package for Israel, and the. Um, you know, the speculation is that that's part of that seventeen uh, billion dollars is to bribe um, Egypt to accept refugee camps for Palestinians at the um, in that in that part of the Sinai Desert, just outside Gaza, and then Israel will come in and get rid of you know bulldoze the whole place, and we'll have um, Jewish settlements established there again. So I think um, that that is. That's something which is happening in the background now. It's playing out in the background, and what really worries me is that over Christmas, which is when these things happen, when the Western world in particular is focused on other things, that we will we could easily have Israel um, doing that. They're they're pushing the Pal- the Palestinian population right down to the southern part of Gaza, and then it won't be much extra to push them right through the Rafah crossing, right through into the into the Sinai desert. When you. It's called okay. ethnic cleansing, ethnic
1: cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. When you read the Hamas Charter, mm-hmm. which is a translation, obviously, mm. and I find quite difficult to read because it's a poor translation, mm. but you don't get the sense that Hamas, at least, want to peacefully live with Jewish people. In a democratic state.
0: Oh, well, that's um, that's where you're wrong, okay. Rodney. Where you're wrong. So, the um, the first charter that came out from Hamas, and uh, this was in the late nineteen eighties, it did it, it talked about um, it talked about destruction of the state of Israel. Never talked about um, killing the Jews or whatever. Okay. But destruction of the state of Israel, which Israel interprets as they want to kill the Jews, but then. Um, and that was a relatively unsophisticated document but, it, but in 2017 or 16 Hamas changed its charter right it became a more uh, and it is today a very sophisticated political organization and its charter says that it will um, it will accept the state of Israel based on its 1967 borders and this is what, this is um, a two-state solution, right? So they said they will accept Israel based on 1967 borders, um, provided a Palestinian state can be formed on the on the you know the occupied what, what what are now called the occupied Palestinian territories. That's that is the occupied Gaza Strip, the occupied West Bank, and occupied East Jerusalem. So they they have essentially the same policy as the New Zealand government and most of the world supporting a two-state solution. Mm. And I think they supported, and and so Israel always ignores that. They never want anyone to talk about that. They want to demonize Hamas as a terrorist organization. The US has, um, New Zealand hasn't. New Zealand has said that the armed wing of, of Hamas designated terrorist organization but not hamas itself because new zealand up until now anyway has been happy to say there's got to be a political solution and hamas has to be involved in at least in those initial negotiations towards a political solution so hamas is not the organization which israel claims it to be and israel wants everyone to believe it to be it is it it does not want to um, destroy jews or kill jews it wants to um, it certainly wants to fight against the Israeli occupation of their country. Um, but it is a it is a sophisticated um, political organization at the moment. And I think we should be hearing far more from from Hamas spokespeople, not because we we believe everything they say or everything they do, but we should just hear from them. as we hear from the Israeli military day after day after day, I turn on radio in New Zealand. Every story about the Middle East, it has got, it has an Israeli focus. It has an Israeli framework. We're looking at the whole thing through an Israeli framework, which we shouldn't be. We should be getting both sides again and again, so that so that we get respected as as uh, as citizens, able to make up
1: our own minds about what's going on. When you just one thing, and it's a video thing, uh, and um. I don't want to make too much of it in one sense, but it horrified me and gave me pause for thought. And it was purportedly the video of those that poor girl. Mm-hmm. S- seemingly tortured, raped, dead, in the back mm-hmm. of a ute jeep. And the pop a population, including kids, cheering and spitting on the corpse. Mm. Now, it's a terrible thing how images and videos work on you Mm -hmm. because that had a powerful effect on me.
0: Yep. Well, it should have a powerful effect on anyone.
1: That didn't, if true, if accurate, that suggested a population reveling in death ah uh, no that's
0: where you, that's where no you're well, very, tell me very yeah. wrong well i think the um i think we you know i could point you to um you know to 10,000 videos online of uh, palestinian people being open and supportive and warm and encouraging to 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 jewish people um you know i'm not uh I don't know the video which, which you're talking about, but I'll just reiterate what I said earlier on. There are there are war crimes were committed, and they must be investigated by the ICC, not just war crimes committed by Hamas or, or allegedly committed by Hamas, because we don't know there were eight groups that were involved in that coordinated attack on Israel. Hamas was the largest and and the most um, most disciplined and the most organised, um, but whatever whatever happened, um, I, I yeah. So so we
1: we shouldn't um we shouldn't decide on the basis of one image or no, one picture and that's yeah, and the difficulty no, no, we have it's the difficulty
0: we have and I saw a video the other day of um, a group of um of um <coughs> excuse me Jewish um, school children singing a song calling for the destruction of of um of Gaza you know mm. Um, the annihilation of Gaza was what they talked it was all genocidal talk and you get um when they have the annual f- um you know young young Jews who who learn in these um in these um in these Jewish religious schools um they're they're out and they they call for the death of Palestinians they chant. Death to Palestinians, may their villages burn. And they do that when they march through Jerusalem every year. It's a bit like the Orange Parade used to go through the Catholic areas in Northern Ireland. Well, um, young Jews um, going through the Arab or the, the Palestinian areas of East Jerusalem will be chanting those things. So you can point to all those things. And yet those are examples of extremists at work. And, um, and and where there are crimes committed, they, they should be investigated and the people prosecuted. And we do have the capacity to do that these days. Mm. Tell but me. They shouldn't be used to demonize a whole people.
1: Mm. Tell me. Um, I'm quite proud of this interview, John, um, because we have had a good discussion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Neither of us raised our voices. Mm-hmm. And we've both had a fair suck at the salve you wouldn't get this now in the New Zealand media
0: no you wouldn't
1: no isn't that looking at our own country part of the cause of our predicament
0: yes I think it is I absolutely agree with you for example um, we've we've um, picked up with the media in the last um, I mean, what we want people in New Zealand to do is to get a good understanding of the whole situation, and and <clears throat> I disagree with um, people who say, "Oh, it's it's too complex," you, you know. And I mean, the pro-Israel lobby says this all the time. People should not make comments about the Middle East until they know the history. I completely disagree. It's a very simple history at its basis. You know, it's it's what happened in Aotearoa, what happened in Australia, what happened in North America. European European immigration, once the Europeans re, re, you know, get to a certain um, size and they've got enough political and military power, they push the Indigenous people off their land and they take over. It's called colonisation, and that's essentially what's at the heart of what's happened there. But, and, and to get the media here... Um, New Zealanders don't understand that. So we've been trying to get the media to report when they talk about the West Bank, they should talk about the occupied West Bank. So people have an understanding that this is this is not Israel. This is occupied um, Palestinian territory. Just, just, but, they, <laughs> but they won't they won't even get the geography right. So we have this. Most people get totally confused by the whole thing.
1: But, of course, the other thing that would happen is we could you would have. And days gone by, you would have yourself on. You'd have someone from what you know, pro-Israel, yep. lobby. Yep. You'd have half an hour, an hour on TV. Yep. And you'd have a discussion and a debate. Yep. And you'd come away, maybe on one side or another, maybe not change your mm. mind, but it was able to hear. Yes. The discussion. Yep. And um. We are now loath to do that for some reason, and what I notice is it ramps up the rhetoric mm. on both sides. So um just just um on that colon colonization because that confuses me yeah because I understand, I'm assuming because the Jewish people, as you say have been there forever, the colonization is a consequence of the British and the American influence on the region mm. is that what you're saying is a colonization of the area?
0: Yeah, very much so. I mean the, the belfer Declaration when this is even before uh, before Britain had the mandate, um, they gave the assurance to the um, to the, the Zionist organizations they were, they were you know Zionists the people who wanted a separate Jewish state irrespective of what happened to the local population. Um, so Belfour, um, in Britain, um, sent this letter to the to the Rothschilds, uh, Lord, Lord Rothschild, and said, you know, um, we we will support the formation of a Jewish state in the Middle East, but they said not at the expense of the people already living there. This is what Belfast said. And, um, and they did that for two reasons. I think because, as I said before, they wanted a beachhead in the Middle East, the oil-rich Middle East, the whole world was turning to oil. They wanted... Um, they wanted to, a base there in the Middle East, but also um, Lord Balfour and all, all the British establishment were deeply anti-Semitic. They did not want Jews coming to Britain. Mm. They, they would, they, so they saw, in a sense, this might solve two problems: um, uh, get, Keep get them Jew, away, get Jews out of out of out of Europe, and um, and as well as give themselves a base in the oil-rich Middle East.
1: Are you surprised by stories? Of anti semiticism now occurring in the West, I'm thinking particularly in um, universities. Yeah, um, um. <clears> and I feel that's part of the failure of a debate and a dialogue. But I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking if I was Jewish, I would actually be a little concerned and a little scared, and I yeah. would quite, I would quite like. To know there was a place I could go. Well,
0: you know, on our on our protests around New Zealand in the last eight weeks, um, here in Christchurch, Wellington, Auckland, there have been Jewish speakers. Mm-hmm. Jews who come out and say look what's happening is appalling I do not support it netanyahu says he's doing all this in my name it's not in my name it's not in the interest of Jews and they stand very strongly with the Palestinian people so and and they're welcome there they get a really good reception um and you're you know you've got you've got you know Jews and and Muslims and uh, Palestinians all interacting together there's no issue. Um, the issue is with this the policies of the of the Israeli government but if I take it a step further you know we down here in Christchurch um two weeks ago there were there were two at least two attacks on the on the Jewish um, synagogue here there's, uh, there's' a small Jewish community in Christchurch and um they were some people um broke the windows you went to smash the windows and I think there might have been some spray painting what, what have you i'm'm I'm, I'm not sure the exact details of it but we we um we said you know the only way you get rid of Racism in communities is with community solidarity, and we said, you know, we we stand with the Jewish community of Christchurch when they are under attack, just as we stand with the with the Islamic community when it's under attack, or any minority group when it comes under attack. The community has to draw together around it. So we reached out. We said to the uh, police liaison uh, person, "I said, look, we're very happy to go there and and um, express our solidarity with that with that Jewish community and." And to make that public, to um, we'd be very happy for the media to be there, and and we will very happy to to condemn this attack on the Jewish community, and to um for, for what I mean? There was not here yeah, for, for whatever reason the, the attack took place. It was completely unacceptable. Unfortunately, um, in my view, the, the Jewish community didn't feel strong enough to be able to to do that. They would they preferred. They said there was too many sensitivities around it so that didn't take place but i think um overall i think the community that's the way you 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 attack anti-semitism is the same way you attack any kind of racism and anti-semitism is racism you, you 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 get rid of it through community solidarity by everybody speaking out everybody drawing around the, the community which is under attack
1: well john it's um been a great interview i appreciate you coming on um, I hope you'll come back. I um, I feel more rounded. I'm going to go mm-hmm. away and have a think. I Good. um, we disagree still. Um, and but that's part of the process. that uh, We can talk. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, you're on Rally Talk. Oh, so I got it all wrong. You're on Rally Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Uh, you can send us a text, 2057, email me, inbox at right We'll be talking to John Minto. He heads up as chairperson. The Palestinian Solidarity Network, which is an umbrella group organising something upwards of 18 other groups, um, passionate about the Palestinian cause, uh, passionate about um, anti-racism, passionate about everyone living free and equally. And, of course, drawing on a different view and a different history, one that we can all share and we can all learn from. This is going to be a fort fort situation that we work through here in New Zealand because it's not something I think we can readily ignore. Do drop us a text. Do drop us an email with your thoughts. Thank you for tuning in to
0: RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or dislike what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us
1: today.